section twenty five of egypt africa and arabia this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the world's story volume three egypt africa and arabia edited by eva march tappan section twenty five the mighty reign of sesostris rameses the second by diodorus the sicilian not only the greek writers differ among themselves about this king but likewise the egyptian priests and poets relate various and different stories concerning him we shall relate such as are most probable and agreeable to those signs and marks that are yet remaining in egypt to confirm them after his birth his father performed a noble act and becoming a king he caused all throughout egypt that were born the same day with his son to be brought together and together with his son to be bred up with the same education and instructed in the same discipline and exercises conceiving that by being thus familiarly brought up together and conversing with one another they would be always most loving and faithful friends and the best fellow-soldiers in all the wars providing therefore everything for the purpose he caused the boys to be exercised daily in the schools with hard and difficult labours as that none should eat till he had run a hundred and fourscore furlongs and by this means when they came to be at men's estate they were fit either to be commanders or to undertake any brave or noble action both in respect of the vigour and strength of their bodies and the excellent endowments of their minds sesostris in the first place being sent with an army into arabia by his father with whom went his companions that were bred up with him toiled and troubled himself with the hunting and killing of wild beasts and then having at last overmastered all his fatigues and wants of water and provision he conquered all that barbarous nation which was never before that time subdued afterwards being sent into the western parts he conquered the greatest part of libya being as yet but a youth coming to the crown after the death of his father encouraged by his former successes he designed to subdue and conquer the whole world some report that he was stirred up by his daughter athirti to undertake the gaining of the empire of the world for being a woman of an extraordinary understanding she made it out to her father that the conquest was easy others encouraged him by their divinations foretelling his success by the entrails of the sacrifices by their dreams in the temples and by prodigies seen in the air there are some also that write that when sesostris was born vulcan appeared to his father in his sleep and told him that the child then born should be conqueror of the universe and that that was the reason why his father assembled all of the like age and bred them up together with his son to make way for him with more ease to rise to that height of imperial dignity and that when he was grown to man's estate fully believing what the god had foretold he undertook at length this expedition 
to this purpose he first made it his chief concern to gain the love and good-will of all the egyptians judging it necessary in order to effect what he designed so far to engage his soldiers as that they should willingly and readily venture nay lose their lives for their generals and that those whom he should leave behind him should not contrive or hatch any rebellion in his absence to this end therefore he obliged every one to the utmost of his power working upon some by money others by giving them lands and many by free pardons and upon all by fair words and affable and courteous behaviour he pardoned those that were condemned for high treason and freed all that were in prison for debt by paying what they owed of whom there was a vast multitude in the jails he divided the whole country into thirty-six parts which the egyptians called nomi over every one of which he appointed a governor who should take care of the king's revenue and manage all other affairs relating to their several and respective provinces out of these he chose the strongest and ablest men and raised an army answerable to the greatness of his design to the number of six hundred thousand foot and twenty-four thousand horse and twenty-seven thousand chariots of war and over all the several regiments and battalions he made those as had been used to martial exercises and from their childhood hot and zealous after that which was brave and virtuous and who were knit together as brothers in love and affection both to the king and to one another the number of whom was above seventeen hundred upon these companions of his he bestowed large estates in lands in the richest parts of egypt that they might not be in the least want of anything reserving only their attendance upon him in the wars having therefore rendezvoused his army he marched first against the ethiopians inhabiting the south and having conquered them forced them to pay him tribute of ebony gold and elephants teeth then he sent forth a navy of four hundred sail into the red sea and was the first egyptian that built long ships by the help of this fleet he gained all the islands in this sea and subdued the bordering nations as far as to india but he himself marching forward with his land army conquered all asia for he not only invaded those nations which alexander the macedonian afterwards subdued but likewise those which he never set foot upon for he both passed over the river ganges and likewise pierced through all india to the main ocean then he subdued the scythians as far as to the river tanais which divided europe from asia where they say he left some of his egyptians at the lake meotis and gave origin to the nation of Caucasus in the same manner he brought into his subjection all the rest of asia and most of the islands of the cyclades thence passing over into europe he was in danger of losing his whole army through the difficulty of the passages and want of provisions and therefore putting a stop to his expedition in thrace up and down in all his conquests he erected pillars 
whereon were inscribed in egyptian letters called hieroglyphics these words sesostris king of kings and lord of lords subdued this country by his arms in some places he set up his own statue carved in stone armed with a bow and a lance above four cubits and four hands in height of which stature he himself was footnote about eight feet End of footnote. having now spent nine years in this expedition carrying himself courteously and familiarly towards all his subjects in the meantime he ordered the nations he had conquered to bring their presents and tributes every year into egypt every one proportionable to their several abilities and he himself with the captives and the rest of the spoils of which there were a vast quantity returned into egypt far surpassing all the kings before him in the greatness of his actions and achievements he adorned all the temples of egypt with rich presents and the spoils of his enemies then he rewarded his soldiers that had served him in the war every one according to his desert it is most certain that the army not only returned loaded with riches and received the glory and honour of their approved valour but the whole country of egypt reaped many advantages by this expedition sesostris having now disbanded his army gave leave to his companions in arms and fellow-victors to take their ease and enjoy the fruits of their conquest but he himself fired with an earnest desire of glory and ambitious to leave behind him eternal monuments of his memory made many fair and stately works admirable both for their cost and contrivance by which he both advanced his own immortal praise and procured unspeakable advantages to the egyptians with perfect ease and security for the time to come for beginning first with what concerned the gods he built a temple in all the cities of egypt to that god whom every particular place most adored and he employed none of the egyptians in his works but finished all by the labours of the captives and therefore he caused an inscription to be made upon all the temples thus none of the natives were put to labour here it is reported that some of the babylonian captives because they were not able to bear the fatigue of the work rebelled against the king and having possessed themselves of a fort near the river they took up arms against the egyptians and wasted the country thereabouts but at length having got a pardon they chose a place for their habitation and called it after the name of that in their own country babylon upon the like occasion they say that troy situated near the river nile was so called for menelaus when he returned from ilium with many prisoners arrived in egypt where the trojans deserting the king seized upon a certain strong place and took up arms against the greeks till they had gained their liberty and then built a famous city after the name of their own but i am not ignorant how cetesius the cretan gives a far different account of these cities when he says that some of those who came in former times with semiramis into egypt called the cities which they built after the names of those in their own country but it is no easy matter to know the certain truth of these things yet it is necessary to observe the different opinions concerning them 
that the judicious reader may have an occasion to inquire in order to pick out the real truth sesostris moreover raised many mounds and banks of earth to which he removed all the cities that lay low in the plain that both man and beast might be safe and secure at the time of the inundation of the river he cut likewise many deep dikes from the river all along as far as from memphis to the sea for the ready and quick conveying of corn and other provisions and merchandise by short cuts thither both for the support of trade and commerce and maintenance of peace and plenty all over the country and that which was of greatest moment and concern of all was that he fortified all parts of the country against incursions of enemies and made it difficult of access whereas before the greatest part of egypt lay open and exposed either for chariots or horsemen to enter but now by reason of the multitude of canals drawn all along from the river the entrance was very difficult and the country not so easily to be invaded he defended likewise the east side of egypt against the eruptions of the syrians and arabians with a wall drawn from pelusium through the desert as far as to heliopolis for the space of a thousand and five hundred furlongs footnote one hundred and eighty seven and one half miles End of footnote he caused likewise a ship to be made of cedar two hundred and four score cubits in length footnote about four hundred and seventy eight feet End of footnote gilded over with gold on the outside and with silver within and this he dedicated to the god that was most adored by the thebans he erected likewise two obelisks of polished marble a hundred and twenty cubits high on which were inscribed a description of the large extent of his empire the great value of his revenue and the number of the nations by him conquered he placed likewise at memphis in the temple of vulcan his and his wife's statues each of one entire stone thirty cubits in height and those of his sons twenty cubits high upon this occasion after his return from his great expedition into egypt being at pelusium his brother at a feast having invited him together with his wife and children plotted against his life for being all overcome by wine and gone to rest he caused a great quantity of dry reeds long before prepared for the purpose to be placed round the king's pavilion in the night and set them all on fire upon which the flame suddenly mounted aloft and little assistance the king had either from his servants or life-guard who were all still overloaden with wine upon which sesostris with his hands lift up to heaven calling upon the gods for help for his wife and children rushed through the flames and escaped and so being thus unexpectedly preserved he made oblations as to other of the gods as is before said so especially to vulcan as him by whose favour he was so remarkably delivered although sesostris was eminent in many great and worthy actions yet the most stately and magnificent of all was that relating to the princes in his 
progresses for those kings of the conquered nations who through his favour still held their kingdoms and such as had received large principalities of his free gift and donation came with their presents and tributes into egypt at the times appointed whom he received with all the marks of honour and respect save that when he went into the temple of the city his custom was to cause the horses to be unharnessed out of his chariot and in their room for kings and other princes to draw it hereby thinking to make it evident to all that there was none comparable to him for valour who had conquered the most potent and famous princes in the world this king seems to have excelled all others that ever were eminent for power and greatness both as to his warlike achievements the number of his gifts and oblations and his wonderful works in egypt after he had reigned three and thirty years he fell blind and wilfully put an end to his own life for which he was admired not only by priests but by all the rest of the egyptians for that as he had before manifested the greatness of his mind by his actions so now his end was agreeable by a voluntary death to the glory of his life the fame and renown of this king continued so fresh down to posterity that many ages after when egypt was conquered by the persians and darius the father of xerxes would set up his statue at memphis above that of sesostris the chief priest in the debating of the matter in the conclave boldly spoke against it declaring that darius had not yet exceeded this that on the contrary he was so pleased and taken with this freedom of speech that he said he would endeavour if he lived as long as the other did to be nothing inferior to him and wished them to compare things done proportionably to the time for that this was the justice examination and trial of valour and thus much shall suffice to be said of sesostris end of section twenty five this recording is in the public domain